Tower. Beautiful job. It was this time last year that our family, there too, after Christmas, we went away. We went on our road trip. And you've never been on a trip until you've been on a road trip with us. <laughs> Anyway, it was while we were on this trip that we started anticipating this huge cultural event. This phrase is like musty TV, this huge cultural event that the whole world would be uh, looking forward to that was coming December 2015. And so we had to start counting down the days and the months until it would finally get here. And while we were on this trip, every once in a while, um, you know, we get really excited about it coming because we hear the song, the theme song, right? Right? So, so I was talking about Star Wars, right? Did anybody think I was talking about Star Wars? You guys want to make sure that works. I was. Does anybody know what this is? The theme song too? Cereal. Cereal, right? The podcast, cereal. Millions of viewers and downloaders. But cereal is a podcast. Uh, season two. You turn down nuts. Keep playing. Turn down nuts. Season two has just started, just began here in this month of December. Uh, but what she does is she tells a story. Week by week. So she takes the whole story and tells it week by week. Uh, last, season one uh, was a fascinating, uh, and these are real life true stories, fascinating story about a, a terrible and horrendous crime, a murder. Uh, and, and so looking at that, looking at the facts, interviewing um, the person that's in jail for the murder and, and all the people involved. And man, we get so wrapped into it. I mean, our whole family, they're all going to have to be in counseling because we let them all listen to it. And uh, they're very worldly like that. Um, but it was really cool. We get sucked in, and then you get confused about whether he was guilty or innocent. And just a fascinating, she's a wonderful storyteller, Sarah Koenig. Koenig. Koenig, Sarah Koenig. A fabulous program. Anyway, season two has begun, uh, like I said, this month. And it's a new story, week by week. And what they're looking at is uh, another um, crime, uh, a war crime. And this is the one where the soldier um, had walked off his post with AWOL and, and spent five years in captivity with the Taliban. Uh, you remember that story, right? Now, just this week, he's been charged with the crime. And so, already, two episodes in, man, I'm locked in and I'm so confused, but intrigued at the same time, and then every episode starts with this song. Uh, this song, by the way, is called Bad Dream. Bad Dream. So it's kind of fitting, I believe. But in this first episode for this season, uh, this young man uh, talks about his five years of captivity. He's five years uh, in captivity with the Taliban, and many of those moments were spent in Darkness, complete isolation, darkness. 
so dark around him, so dark that he would say, it hurt, so dark that it hurt, so dark that he would forget who he was, even so dark that he would forget what he was. That's how dark it was for him, and that's how he explained that experience. It's a fascinating, fascinating story so far. We have been looking at prophets in this series that we call Foretold, and we've looked at prophets like Jeremiah, and Malachi, and Micah, and Zephaniah, and tonight we look at Isaiah. These prophets uh, serve the people of God, and they serve God, they serve the king, and uh, throughout the history of the people of the, of the Old Testament, and they serve in various roles at different seasons. Sometimes they're um, simply calling the people to repentance, and so some of the work that we did with the prophets, they were readings that said basically, hey, straighten up. It was like when Jennifer looked at Rob and said, Rob, straighten up, or this is going to happen. Or straighten up, or this is not going to happen. That's how the prophets work with the people of God. Amen? Other times, they were uh, just breaking in to the middle of, of, the, of whatever was going on, and, and they would um, declare judgment on the people. And, and so this, at that particular moment in time, uh, was not a time to turn around. It was too late, but the judgment was being declared. And so prophets would act in that role. Other times they were simply foretelling. Like this is what is going to happen in the future. Um, especially again, if this happens, if you don't do this, or if you do this, it's conditional, uh, but foretelling nonetheless. But in today, we have a prophet that is working in a different way. Isaiah is going to fulfill all those roles of the good prophets. Um, but he, in particular, is working, particularly working in a specific, specific way here in this passage that Tyler read for us. Um, he is working to get a group of people who have been beaten down. These people have been beaten down. And so he's trying to get to these people. Uh, in order uh, to get them to open up to the hope that is in God and God is about to deliver. To open themselves up to hope in God's future. He's talking to the people in about 700 B.C., so 700 years before Christ is born. This passage comes from 700 years. And basically what we need to know for tonight is that it was as bad as it could get it was as bad as they could imagine for the people that were living in and around Jerusalem with the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, they had seen their brothers and sisters in the northern kingdom of, of wiped off the map and uh, being annexed and taken away. Uh, they had enemies on all sides. They were hungry. They were tired. They were being betrayed from within and from without. It was bad. It was a nightmare. It was a bad dream. They were beaten down. They were beaten down. And so the scripture you know, starts off you know, talking about being in darkness. It said the people were living in darkness. 
even as the sun came up each day, it was dark. Now, I can just imagine them saying similar things. It was so dark that it hurt. It was so dark that it hurt. It was so dark that uh, they didn't know who they were. I mean, think about the identity. They were a people that their identity was wrapped up in who they were because of God. They were Yahweh's people, the Lord's people. And so it was being so dark in and around them, they couldn't see God. And so they had lost their identity. They didn't know who they were. It was so dark, they knew not who they were. And that hurt. That hurt. And so the prophet Isaiah here comes along the way. And so this is not a time for the prophet to pile on. This is not a time for the prophet to call them to repentance. They know that already. They've already dealt with that some. This is not a time for future talk. Because when it's dark, you want the lights on now. When Lydia's crying upstairs from a bad dream, she doesn't want to hear me say, hold on a second, honey. Uh, she wants me to come right up and turn those lights on. This is a time for uh, action here and now today. And so God flips the light switch on for these people. Isaiah talks to them directly. And so in these passages, or in these verses that Tyler read for us, we didn't hear a lot of this will be, or this is to come. It's present tense. And so it's words like this. Um, for a child has been born for us. A son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulder, and he is named. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. So Isaiah breaks in. And he speaks to this broken down people. And he shows them a window of opportunity for hope that begins today in this proclamation. We fast forward 700 years and we see Jesus in this oracle. We see Jesus in this song of coronation of a king. We claim Jesus as king and we see and we hear the angels using these words from Isaiah when they pronounce to the shepherds, for tonight a child has been born to you. Same thing, those shepherds in the dark of the night, having light shed on them by a prophetic word from angels, um, speaking to a broken down people, providing hope. We hear these words uh, from Matthew, um, in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is a grown man and beginning his public ministry. Uh, these words from Isaiah will be used um, to declare lightness has come to break into the darkness as Jesus begins his public ministry in the same geographic area that is talked about here uh, in these short few verses from Isaiah. And so that's what we come to do tonight is that we say, hey, you know what? Some of us here this year have had some darkness. Some of us here have had some bad dreams. All of us here can attest to that 2015 wasn't perfect. Amen? Anybody have a perfect year? 
Right? And we don't want to be a downer. We want to be a downer, right? Um, but reality is, stuff happens. Amen. And so, uh, and then some of us here have had some terrible things happen this year, and we've had moments of extreme grief and disaster and sickness, illness and death. We've lost jobs. We've had broken relationships. We've had accidents. We've had financial problems. So all sorts of things. Um, and, but that's not the time to run from God. That's not the time to skip this night. It's the time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because the light has come to shed on the darkness that we may experience. And so we don't have to live in those bad dream moments for very long. And we, or at least we hope not. We don't have to live a life of a nightmare. The nightmare doesn't have to take over our life. We claim this gospel sword, this baby in a manger, um, that sheds light in the darkness. We claim it for ourselves. And that's what we celebrate here on Christmas Eve. And so my prayer for all of you gathered here, and my prayer for myself and for my family, is that we will claim the light of God through Jesus the Christ once again for our own lives. Or maybe for the first time ever. You'll claim that light. And that light is so powerful that it will break in all the little nooks and crannies that may be dark in our lives or in the lives of our family. And that's what Christmas means to me. And that's what Christmas means to all of us gathered here in the name of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas to you all. Amen? Amen. In a moment, we're going to sing... Silent night, right? And we're going to share the light of Christ, and we'll be turning the lights out. You don't need your papers, the words. If you, uh, 